0: Part four, chapter sixteen of the Manxman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Manxman by Sir Hall Cain. Part four, chapter sixteen. Pete went off whistling in the darkness, with the dog driving ahead of him. I'm to blame though, he thought. Should have gone home directly. The town was now quiet, the streets were deserted, and Pete began to run. She'd be alone, too. That must have been Nancy in the crowd yonder by Mistress Loud her out to see the dew, it's like. Ought to be back now, though. As Pete came near the elm cottage, the moon over the treetops lit up the panes of the upper windows, as with a score of bright lamps. One step more and the house was dark. She'll be waiting for me. Listening, too, I'll go bail.' He was at the gate by this time, and the dog was panting at his feet with his nose close to the lattice. Be quiet, dog, be quiet. Then he raised the latch without a sound, stepped in on tiptoe, and closed the gate as silently behind him. I'll have a game with her. I'll take her by surprise. His eyes began to dance with mischief, like a child's, and he crept along the path with big cat strides, half doubled up and holding his breath, lest he should laugh aloud. The sweet creatures. A man shouldn't frighten them, though, he thought. When he reached the porch he went down on all fours and began mewing like a mournful tomcat near to the bottom of the door. Then he listened with his ear to the jam. He expected a faint cry of alarm, the raucous voice of Nancy Joe, and the clatter of feet towards the porch. There was not a sound. She's upstairs, he thought, and stepped back to look up at the front of the house. There was no light in the rooms above. I KNOW WHAT IT IS. NANCY IS NOT HOME YET, AND KIRRY'S FALLEN ASLEEP AT THE ROCKING. HE STOLE UP TO THE WINDOW AND TRIED TO LOOK INTO THE HALL, BUT THE BLIND WAS DOWN AND HE COULD NOT SEE MUCH THROUGH THE NARROW OPENINGS AT THE SIDES OF IT. SHE'S SLEEPING, THAT'S IT. THE HOUSE WAS QUIET AND SHE DROPPED OFF, ROCKING THE LITTLE ONE, THAT'S ALL. HE SCRAPED A HANDFUL OF THE LIGHT GRAVEL AND FLUNG A LITTLE OF IT AT THE WINDOW. THAT'LL REMIND HER OF SOMETHING, HE THOUGHT, AND HE LAUGHED UNDER HIS BREATH. THEN HE LISTENED AGAIN WITH HIS EAR AT THE SILL. THERE WAS NO NOISE WITHIN. HE FLUNG MORE GRAVEL AND WAITED, THINKING HE MIGHT CATCH HER BREATHING, BUT HE COULD HEAR NOTHING. THEN, RISING hurriedly AND THROWING OFF HIS PLAYFULNESS, HE strode TO THE DOOR AND TRIED TO OPEN IT. THE DOOR WAS LOCKED. HE RETURNED TO THE WINDOW. KATE, HE CALLED SOFTLY. KATE, ARE YOU THERE? DO YOU HEAR ME? IT'S PETE. DON'T BE FRIGHTENED, KATE, BOCH. THERE WAS NO RESPONSE. He could hear the beat of the sea on the shore. The dog had perched himself on one end of the window sill, and was beginning to whine. "'What's this at all? She can't be out. Couldn't take the child, anyway. Where's that Nancy? What right had the woman to lay her? She has fainted, being left alone. That's what's going doing.' He tried to open the window, but the latch was shot. Then he tried the other windows, and the back door, and the window above the hall, which he reached from the roof of the porch but they would not stir. When he returned to the hall window the white blind was darker, the lamp inside the room was going out. The moonlight was dripping down on him through the leaves of the trees. He found some matches beside his pipe in his side pocket, struck one, and looked at the sash, then took out his clasp-knife to remove the pane under the latch. His hand trembled and shook and burst through the glass with a jerk. It cut his wrist "'but he felt the wound no more than if it had been the glass "'instead of his arm that bled. "'He thrust his hand through, shot back the latch, "'then pushed up the sash, and clambered into the room past the blind. "'The cat, sitting on the ledge inside, rubbed against his hand and purred. "'Kiri! Kate!' he whispered. "'The lamp had given up its last gleam with the puff of wind from the window, "'and save for the slumbering fire, all was dark within the house.' He hardly dared to drop to his feet for fear of treading on something. When he was at last in the middle of the floor, he stood with legs apart, struck another match, held the light above his head, and looked down and around like a man in a cave. There was nothing. The child, awakened by the draught of the night air, began to cry from the cradle. He took it up and hushed it with baby words of tenderness in a breaking voice. Hush, boch, hush! Mammy will come to it then. Mammy will come for all. He lit a candle and crept through the house, carrying the light about with him. There was no sign anywhere until he came to the bedroom, when he saw that the hat and cloak of Kate's daily wear had gone. Then he knew that he was a broken-hearted man. With a cry of desolation he stopped in his search and came heavily downstairs. He had been warding off the moment of despair, but he could do so no longer now. THE EMPTY HOUSE AND THE CHILD, THE CHILD AND THE EMPTY HOUSE. THESE ALLOWED OF ONLY ONE INTERPRETATION. SHE'S GONE, BOCH. SHE'S LEFT US. SHE WASN'T WILLING TO STAY WITH US. GOD FORGIVE HER. SITTING ON A STOOL WITH THE LITTLE ONE ON HIS KNEES, HE SOBBED WHILE THE CHILD CRIED, TWO CHILDREN CRYING TOGETHER. SUDDENLY HE LEAPT UP. I'M NOT FOR BELIEVING IT, HE THOUGHT. WHAT WOMAN ALIVE COULD DO THE LIKE OF IT? THERE ISN'T A MOTHER BREATHING THAT HASN'T MORE BOWELS and she used to love the little one, and me too, and does, and does. He saw how it was. She was ill, distraught, perhaps even, God help her, perhaps even mad. Such things happened to women after childbirth. The doctor himself had said as much. In the toils of her bodily trouble, beset by mental terrors, she had fled away from her baby, her husband, and her home, pursued by God knows what phantoms of disease. But she would get better, She would come back. Hush, Boch, Hush, then, he whimpered tenderly. Mammy will come home again. Still and for all, she'll come back. There was the click of a key in the lock, and he crept back to the stool. Nancy came in, panting and perspiring. Dear heart alive, what a race I've had to get home, she said, puffing the air of the night. She was throwing off her bonnet and shawl, and talking before looking round. SUCH PUSHING AND SCROOGING, YOU'VE NEVER SEEN THE LIGHT, Kirry. OR oh, MY BEST SUNDAY BONNET, ONLY WORE AT ME ONCE, LOOK AT THE CRUNCHED IT IS. BUT WHAT DO YOU THINK NOW? POOR CHRISTIAN KILLIP'S BABY IS DEAD FOR ALL, DIED IN THE MIDDLE OF THE REJOICINGS. OH, DEAR, YES, AND THE BAND GOING BY PLAYING THE CONQUERING HERO THE VERY MINUTE. POOR THING, SHE WAS DISTRACTED, AND NO WONDER. I RAN ROUND TO PUT A SIGHT ON THE POOR SOUL. AND WHY, WHAT'S GOING WRONG WITH THE LAMP AT ALL? IS THAT YOURSELF ON THE STOOL, KERRY? PETE, IS IT? THEN WHERE'S THE MISTRESS? SHE PLUCKED UP THE POKER AND DUG THE FIRE INTO A BLAZE. WHAT'S DOING ON YOU, MAN? YOU'VE SKINNED YOUR KNUCKLES LIKE POTATO PEEL. MAN, MAN, WHAT FOR ARE YOU CRYING AT ALL? THEN PETE SAID IN A THICK croak, HOLD YOUR BULL OF A TONGUE, NANCY, AND TAKE THE CHILD OUT OF MY ARMS. SHE TOOK THE BABY FROM HIM, AND HE ROSE TO HIS FEET AS FEEBLE AS AN OLD MAN. Lord save us, she cried. The window broke too. What's happened? Nothing growled Pete. Then what's coming of Kirri? I left her at home when I went out at seven. I'm choking with thirst, woman. Can't you be giving a man a drink of something? He found a dish of milk on the table, where the supper had been laid, and he gulped it down at a mouthful. She's gone. That's what it is. I see it in your face. Then going to the foot of the stairs, she called Kirry, Kate! Catherine Crageen!' "'Stop that!' shouted Pete, and he drew her back from the stairs. "'Why aren't you spaking, then?' she cried. "'If you're man enough to bear the truth, I'm woman enough to hear it.' "'Listen to me, Nancy,' said Pete, with uplifted fist. "'I'm going out for an hour. "'Until I'm back, stay you here with the child, and say nothing to nobody.' "'I knew it!' cried Nancy. "'That's what she hurried me out for. "'Oh, dear!' "'Oh, dear! What for did you lave her with that man this morning?' "'Do you hear me, woman?' said Pete. "'Say nothing to nobody. My heart's lying heavy enough already. Open your lips and you'll kill me straight.' Then he went out of the house, staggering, stumbling, bent almost double. His hat lay on the floor. He had gone bareheaded. He turned towards Salby. "'She's there,' he thought. "'Where else should she be? "'The poor wandering lamb wants home.' End of part four, chapter sixteen.